21CL Radio. Happy Monday morning, and welcome to the Education Vanguard. I'm your host, Michael Bull. So happy to have you hanging around here, and thank you for joining me on our mission here at 21st Century Learning, and that's building communities of learners. Today, I've got two learners on the Vanguard. They are Julie Lindsay and Katie Grubb. The world is flat. It was New York Times colonist Thomas Friedman who coined or at least popularized that phrase. It basically means the barriers to communicating with each other have been largely lifted for large portions of the population. But just because we can talk to each other all over the world does not mean we are always taking advantage and or leveraging it for greater social awareness. Julie Lindsay and Katie Grubb, my guests today, are bringing students together with their China Connect Collaborative. They are taking their own individual programs, Mandarin Pathways, and Flat Connections, and combining those networks on this very specific effort. We talk all about that in today's show. Enjoy the conversation. Julie Lindsay and Katie Grubb, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Hi, this is Katie. Thanks for having us. Hi, this is Julie. Hi, Michael. Good to be here. Yeah, Julie, this is the second time, so welcome back to the program for you. Uh, Katie, we met in Shanghai, gosh, about this time last year, I want to say. So welcome to back, or in a sense, or nice to talk to you as well again. Hope things are going well on your end. And today we're going to talk about something you guys are doing together, the China Connect Collaborative. And that's maybe something new for listeners to hear about. And can you tell us what the China Connect Collaborative is? Sure. Michael, um, Connect with China Collaborative is, it's like a global collaborative project, but a little bit different. And it's been designed by Katie and myself to connect students that are, and teachers and organisations who are already inside China or you know, teaching, learning, living inside China with those outside of China. You know, there's a lot of curiosity, there's a lot of um, misconceptions perhaps about what life is like in China and I think people are, are keen to make those vital connections. Now, you know, I've run global projects around the world for uh, a long time, many years, uh, but this is focused particularly on, you know, what is happening in China, what's what's life like, how can we build those connections because technology is a challenge generally with global projects but particularly working with uh, people in China, you know, what tools can we use, et cetera. So we're working through all of that to build these lovely connections so students and teachers can actually uh, learn with each other. So, Katie, what would you add to that, do you think? Oh, I think you just totally said everything about it, Julie. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, Katie, you'll just go, yeah, every time Julie speaks. <laughs> Yeah, podcast is podcast done. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> now, I was in China, as you guys know, for eight years, and and Julie, you live there as well, up in Beijing. Uh, when you say connecting with teachers, it first comes to mind to me as international teachers, but I bet you actually mean the local population. We mean. Um, sorry, is that a question for Julie or for Katie? Uh, go go, go ahead. ahead, Katie. Oh, um, we're actually uh, connecting with both. We're connecting with local and international. Obviously, it is easier at this stage to connect with international teachers sure. because of the technology boundaries. Um, so with the technology we have in Australia and the USA and New Zealand, we need to connect with China usually using a VPN because there's a little bit of a gap between the types of technology that China's using currently and the types of technology that we're using in the Western world. Uh -huh. um, yeah, 
So you're, you're talking about something like Facebook or Twitter or something like that, which uh, is currently blocked in China. Yeah, well, we're talking about the fact that uh, schools here can use Skype to connect with China, and China predominantly likes to use WeChat to connect with the West, or to connect with each other sure. in the Western world. WeChat is something really new in in um, you know Australia and USA and New Zealand. It's relatively new over here, and so it hasn't been totally uptaken by this sort of education system yet and viewed as a great collaborative tool uh-huh. uh, and it still has its limit like it has its limitations so we find that we use a, a range of collaborative tools to kind of make those connections between the two countries okay got it between all the countries yeah so julie may i ask you why uh china i mean katie speaks mandarin so listeners might not know that until now so but uh julie and you lived in china is there just sort of personal connections that you guys have to china or you know why not Nauru or some other place that you want to connect with yeah uh absolutely no uh, well i lived in beijing for three years 2009 to 2012 and in fact i did a trip through china uh, in 1985, which was quite a different era to be travelling through China. And I just, I don't know, it's just something about China. I have uh, an affinity, something, I don't know. And I just think it's really uh, important that as the the outside world understands what's happening in China. And I think we're built, building bridges, you know, and even the, you know, we talk about international and local schools in China, even the international schools are starting to change. There are a number of new schools now that have, Chinese passport holders, ah. which we didn't have in um, the school that I taught at, and a lot of international schools previously right. weren't legally allowed to take Chinese passport holders. But now there are these new sort of national international schools developing. So we're we're looking to build bridges with them, and and uh, you know just uh, particularly here in Australia. Now we've got we've got Australia, Canada, uh, New Zealand, USA working with us at the moment and but particularly in this australia new zealand era uh, area sorry of the world it's really easy to do those synchronous connections those skype calls or those um wechat synchronous wechat type of things uh and so that's it's you know part of the the education push here in australia as well to make that that a viable learning experience and katie can talk more about that as well in terms of what we're trying to achieve here yeah, I was. Over to you, Katie. I was wondering about that, Katie. Yeah. What are some of the goals you're trying to achieve, and how does Australia embrace the idea, or Australian students embrace the idea of getting to know kids in China? Oh, the students absolutely love the idea, and so do the teachers. Um, so, our goals, my goal um, as to why China and disconnect with China is that, you know, currently there's that a bit of a gap between China and you could say the rest of the world and that and that connection. But that gap is really in our minds rather than actual reality. So with Chinese language learning and developing intercultural understanding, we obviously really need to be able to connect with that culture directly. And there's nothing better than peer-to-peer learning. So getting used to connect with youth in China. Uh, so that is the driving force behind why we want to do it and to help develop those global perspectives and close the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and another passion is, you know, we're developing uh, in the world at the moment, there are so many global issues um, that our youth will be facing and are facing. And, you know, when, we, when we're looking for solutions for problems, we always find 
better solutions if we talk to more people about it and we can understand different perspectives for those. So um, for me, the, the feeling for wanting to do and make the positive change came a really long time ago in Shanghai when I was walking across a bridge, across like one of those little rivers that connect mm-hmm. into the big Yangtze River, and it was just black sludge. It wasn't flowing. It was so black and sludgy. And I just, I couldn't really work out what was going on for me at that time, except I felt incredibly sad and I wanted to go back home. Uh And it was much later in life that I reflected and went, oh, yeah, you know, we need to be able to connect and talk. So as we're economically developing and and connecting that we can really keep the environment and, and help our youth brainstorm those solutions for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you didn't want to go surfing on the sludge? Because I know you're a surfer. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to go surfing on the sludge, but I must say, I did go surfing in China last time I was there. You did? Where? Down in Hainan or something? Um, yeah, we went. There was. There's actually some waves up at Qingdao, ah. and you can go surfing up there um, at certain times of the year. And, yeah, down in Hainan, Hainandao, there's um, a good wave as well, longboarding-type wave certain times of the year. Oh, that's fantastic. So you won't be, though, just I'll get off the point, but you won't be developing a website called Surfing the Sludge or anything like that, right? Uh, no, I won't be <laughs> doing Surfing the Sludge, but right, what, you do have to watch out for stuff that's floating around the water. Yeah, That's true. So, Katie, I was wondering, you know, China is very different culturally, which is, it will make it all the more interesting for somebody from Australia to get to know, but there's also a language uh, barrier that happens. How do you guys bridge that? Oh, okay. So people, Julie can talk about this too, but people who are part of the Connect with China Collaborative, we're bilingual. So we use English and Chinese. And uh-huh. with our support team of learning concierges and different teachers involved who speak Chinese and community groups who speak Chinese and English, um, everyone seems to manage to to communicate and I think they learn something out of that the Chinese for the Chinese youth their English improve and for the um, native English speakers they get exposed to some Chinese language or get a chance to develop that okay mm, absolutely and, and of course with WeChat there's a translation function imme- immediately in front of you with WeChat so uh-huh. that that helps as well with communication but you know the funny thing is you know we've got classes in Australia and, and America and Canada who say, oh, oh, this is good. We want our language learners to be exposed to native Chinese language learners, uh, language speakers. And we're thinking, oh, this is great. You know, of course, the, the native Chinese language speakers say, oh, we want to practice our English. <laughs> so we've, we've got to find sort of, you know, a bit of a balance there. Everyone gets to practice both languages you know, so that we can uh, enhance the communication with both languages. But uh, we use a tool called VoiceThread, which has been very successful. Uh-huh. Uh, and we set up teams and we set up different voice threads. Katie's just set up a great voice thread for language practice, language immersion for some of the classes who are with us who really want that um, sort of high school level language uh, interaction. And then, of course, we are solution-based, so our theme this semester is climate change. And we've got teams of students looking at climate change and interacting with um you know, people in China to find out what's happening in China in that respect as well. Now, I'm wondering how the two of you uh, connected and decided to team up uh, on a project like this. How did that happen? How did that play out? Oh, I was at the Asia Education Foundation Conference and Julie was a speaker there and she was honestly one of 
the only interesting people that spoke <laughs> that day. Um, and she was very interesting. And at the end, I don't know, I just had this big urge to actually go up to her and tell her how um, awesome her presentation was. And in that moment, we discovered we were actually from the same hometown. Oh. And I, yeah, I know. So I just said, look, when you're back in town, can we meet up for a coffee? Would you be open to meeting with me? And I kind of hounded Julia a little and, and pestered her to be my mentor. And then she became, that's what she became. Now, did you, did you cut a good deal? Is, is she charging you much or, or is it one coffee a month or, or what's the deal? <laughs> no, <laughs> She's been a that time, haven't they, Julie? Yeah. I think we're very similar in our work ethic and our, um, our desire to connect learning around the world. You know, I think we've, we're a great team at the moment, uh, the way we've developed this, so... And it's good. We can actually physically get together and have a coffee and a meal and a, a, we've had a whole working day, you know, working. Uh-huh. we've just worked through things, particularly leading towards this trip that we're doing to China. So so that's just a, a, an added bonus that we live so close together at the moment. Got it. Okay. Well, you guys each do. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Katie. Oh, no, that's that. I don't know. I just said, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, it's, an interview is always better with a couple good yeahs here and there, I think. Shows a little enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I, I wanted to ask you guys about your individual programs, and in a lot of ways, is what you're doing now has been maybe you've, you've taken your individual strengths and built this together. Uh, so maybe we can start with you, Julie. You do uh, flat connections. Katie, you do Mandarin pathways. Uh, let's go ahead again. Start with you, Julie. Can you, you tell us about flat connections and what it is? Sure. Flatconnections.com is my website, and what I do is I run uh, global collaborative projects for kindergarten right up to grade 12. I also offer teacher professional learning. Uh, I run online courses and my consultancy runs through that website as well. So I do um, speaking at conferences and, and a number of other things. So there's a lot of things happening. My new website's coming out probably this week. So maybe when this podcast is out, there'll be a brand new modern looking website in front of people when they go to it, flatconnections.com. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I do. And a global collaboration is my passion. Just a quick Mention also I've got a new book coming out called The Global Educator. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, that, this book has been three years in the making, Michael. It's just finally coming out next month. It's It has 36 case studies. Katie's in the book. Katie's in the book in a number of oh, two or three different areas, actually, where she's talking about what she's been doing. Wow. There are over 130, 150, I think I counted, 150 people have contributed to this book uh, including the 36 case studies, and it's just looking at global education, global collaboration, um, leadership for global education, and how to take learning global. So that'll be out in ebook and hard copy formats, being published by ISTE oh, next month. How do you like working with ISTE, by the way, I, I, as a publisher? Uh, well, they're no better or worse than other publishers. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they've been very. <laughs> We've, we've come together with a united front uh, in the last 12 months, and we've, we're doing well. It's going well, yes. Oh, good. So, Katie. Sounds like a UN. Katie, can, can mm, you tell us about, uh, no worries, tell us about uh, Mandarin Pathways. What's that all about? Oh, yeah. So, my website is mandarinpathways.org, and the whole driving force of my uh, organization is to help increase Asian literacy. And we deliver community Chinese language and culture programs. We also work with um, businesses who want to interact with China. So we help them with their social media branding and 
um, giving them cultural advice about how to work with China. Uh, we also organise inbound tours from China with our youth so that they can do an environmental education program in our community because we, where we're based is an absolutely beautiful part of the world and it's like nothing that kids from China would have ever experienced before. And we use that as a way to give our youth in our community here some positive exposure to Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're launching Global Noodle Box Project, which is using video and music to do a series of vlogging and music video clips using Chinese language and music, oh. working with community from our local community here and also community in China to create use technology to create that bridge for connection. So there's cultural sharing and understanding going on. Great. Thank you. Uh, so we're getting towards the end of our time here. Maybe, Julie, you could tell me, again, you had the trip coming up in April, and we talked before the show a little bit. You said there's still opportunities for people to get involved in that. And could you explain what ways people could get involved and how they should contact somebody to do that? Mm, sure. Well, Katie and I will be in China for a couple of weeks. We're going to Beijing, Dalian, Qingdao, and Shanghai. Uh, uh, and we're visiting schools, international and local schools, and uh, saying hi to organisations as well because it's it's the flat learning that we're after. It's not just about schools. It's about organisations who are working within China and supporting growth, development, etc. And um, so I, our hashtag is China Connects. Our website is uh, connectchinacollaborative.com. Um you will find contact information on the website. We would love to hear from people, uh, even if it's just a shout-out. We will be running some things while we're in China. Um, but, you know, even if you're not in China, we'd, we would still love to hear from people and just build, you know, keep building our community of people who are interested in connecting with China. What else, Katie, do you think do we need for the well, trip? Um, not sure exactly what we need more for the trip but one of the key successful parts of this project and it's something the teachers and all of the students love is connecting with community and that's people who live in China or have lived in China before mm-hmm. who have that experience and that different perspective to chat to um, and so yeah we really invite people who have done that or doing that and want to share those experience with with our youth to get in touch with us because that's a, that that's the kids absolutely love that. I've been speaking with Julie Lindsay and Katie Grubb of Connect China Collaborative. Katie and Julie, thanks so much for your time today. This interview was brought to you by 21st Century Learning International. Find us on the web at 21clradio.com. Hey everybody, Michael here. Yes, I'm back and I need to ask you a favor. We are on a drive to get to 100 reviews on iTunes. Can you help us out? If you can, please go to the following address, 21c.li slash review. That's 21c.li slash review. That'll take you to our iTunes page. From there, you need to click the blue button that says view in iTunes. And then leave us a review, leave us some stars, maybe even leave us a written review. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Got a question for you. Have you ever wanted to build a website for your classroom, for your school, or maybe even for yourself? 
Well, I've got a new course for you. It's called Introduction to WordPress, and it'll teach you how to create that first post, add photos and images, create a hyperlink, change your theme, and even more. You can check it out all completely free at 21c.li slash courses. That's 21c.li slash courses. Did you hear that S there?